Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. From KQED. So we're going to shift gears now and we're going to talk about ongoing problems at the state. Unemployment agency, more than one million California state unemployment claims, that's approximately one in seven, have been suspended in an attempt to avoid fraudulent payouts. The move has angered jobless Californians and adds to the many problems besetting California's Employment Development Department. And joining us to break down the latest problems at the agency, Patrick McGreevy, staff writer for the Los Angeles Times. Welcome, Patrick McGreevy. Patrick McGreevy, do we have you with us? Uh, we're going yes, to try good morning. To, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, good morning to you. We had a, a bit of a delay there. Glad to have you. I also want to welcome Mary Franklin Harvin, who is associate producer and reporter for KQED's California Report. And welcome, Mary Franklin Harvin. Good morning, Michael. Good morning to you. Let me begin, uh, if I may, Patrick McGreevy, with you, because I want to have this laid out for our listeners. And you've done some real yeoman work here in terms of bringing it to public attention. And I want to commend you for that. But I want to first... Uh, have you indicate what we're talking about here? I mean, first of all, we're talking about, uh, well, what I think Dan Walters appropriately called an EDD Titanic disaster. And uh, uh, in fact, Scott Weiner called it a tsunami of EDD failure. You can use all the terms you want, but the reality is there are a lot of people out there who aren't getting checks and there have been an enormous number of checks that have been issued fraudulent uh, claims uh, to, uh, in fact, in, in many cases, to prisoners, even out-of-state prisoners in Florida. I mean, break it down for us, because it's really quite an extraordinary and very alarming story. Yeah, basically, when the pandemic began in March, <clears throat> the EDD was unprepared for the huge number of people who are going to be out of work uh, filing claims for benefits. And so far, they've processed 10 million claims, paid out $110 billion dollars, um, unlike anything they've ever seen before, even state officials themselves have said the EDD was not prepared for this. And they were understaffed. Their technology was old. They didn't have uh, some of the security measures in place that would stop fraud. They um, wanted to expedite uh, benefits, so they didn't require certification up ahead of time. They did it retroactively. And in some cases, people... I uh, used identity theft information to file false claims in the names of others, including Senator Dianne Feinstein's name was used uh, by one fraudulent claimant. Um, and then in case of the case of prisons, uh, the initial estimate was in California alone, 21,000 claims filed in the name of state prisoners, $400 million worth of claims paid out. And we just reported this week that thousands more claims in other states, Florida, Ohio, Nevada, um, filed the names of prisoners in prisons in those states for $42 million at least in payments from California paid out in fraudulent um, claims. So it's it's a huge problem. And the EDD is trying to grapple with it. They've got a change of leadership. It's it's really is a mess right now. And the mess, Mary Franklin Harvin, has to do with uh, the fact that all these, so many claims have been suspended as high risk because of all this fraud. And the result has been, well, a suspension uh, for honest people who simply are not getting the claims uh, met that they need to have met. I mean, you're talking about people who are suffering in this time of pandemic, particularly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's so conflicting because 
you know, allies will tell you that they they really worry about reporting about fraud because they think that it encourages the aggressiveness that EDD has towards fraud. But the fact is that in October, EDD implemented two new systems of defense, one an ID verification system and one a resumption of a fraud detection software system that they had been using before. Um, now we know from a press release that came out from the governor's task force to fight fraud that 30% of claims since October have been flagged. What we don't know is how many of those claims are actually fraudulent. And clearly those systems of defense are not working as effectively as they should because people like me and Patrick are still getting calls and tons of lawmakers are still getting calls from constituents who are having their legitimate claims frozen. Well, talk about just how bad the backlog of unprocessed claims is and what's what's being done. You mentioned, for example, uh, the ID.me, uh, which is a new identification system, which was launched in October. Uh, and I know that they're at least trying to reach people, trying to reach them mainly by letters and by emails and calls and that sort of thing. But how are they doing? Are they doing any better? Because there are thousands and thousands of people who are simply not getting the checks they need. Yeah, well, the backlog's at the top of my mind this morning, Michael, because normally we get new figures every Thursday. Now, I've been refreshing the EDD website since we've been on the phone, and we still don't have the latest batch of figures. So we have the latest figures we have are from the end of December, and that backlog is around 780,000 people. Now, remember, that's a backlog that EDD told lawmakers in October that they thought they could clear by the end of January. Now, this is a backlog figure that doesn't include this new spate of freezing. Um, you know, as far as IDME is concerned, um, one of my most reliable sources is Daniela Urban at the Center for Workers' Progress in Sacramento, who I know you've had on the show. And she told me as early as the beginning of December that she had claimants who were stuck in line for verification on IDME, because what happens is if they can't verify you with paper documentation, they put you in this video call line. And she said that people were waiting for hours upon hours and sometimes even getting cut off when they finally got through and having to start all over again. Let me give out the phone number. I know there are many of you who have concerns about this and some of you indeed are experiencing and suffering as a result. Uh, of not getting checks. We're talking about the ongoing problems at the state's EDD with Patrick McGreevy of the Los Angeles Times and Mary Franklin Harvin of KQD's California Report. And we'd like to hear from you. Uh, what questions do you have about suspended claims or other problems at the EDD? You can give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That number again for your calls, 866-733-6786. You can also, of course, get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email any questions you might have to forum at kqed.org. Coming up on a break here, but Patrick McGreevy, I wanted to know um, what are prosecutors doing about all this fraud in terms of accountability? And also um, a big question that's, uh, I think, looming over this is... Uh, uh, at this point, uh, when are people going to get their checks? Is there any indication when that's going to be? Yeah, the, uh, in terms of the prosecution, uh, you've got a task force statewide of uh, district attorneys um, in counties that have seen fraud occurring. The U.S. attorney in Sacramento is involved. Um, the governor's office is of, of signed staff. There, there are prison investigators involved. 
And there's a, a pretty massive investigation into what some of the DAs have said is probably the largest taxpayer fraud in the state's history. So there's a, um, a large uh, effort to investigate all these claims, but there are so many of them. And they're having trouble because they don't, the prosecutors say they don't have the resources to do them all. So they've asked the, the governor to provide more. And we're looking to see what happens in the governor's budget today on that. Yeah, the governor's getting a lot of heat from this. And uh, the fact of the matter is that um, uh, the EDD has a lot to answer for here, I'm sorry to say. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break and then we'll return. We're going to continue and hear from you. Again, you can join us at our toll-free number, 866-733-6786, or email us, forum at kqed.org. I'm Michael Krasny. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Have your unemployment benefits been suspended? Well, we're talking about the suspension because of all of the fraud and high-risk claims and uh, attempts to determine identity and all of the, well, frankly, errors that have gone on and mistakes from the EDD. And uh, as I said, a lot there to answer for. In fact, uh, EDD projects a surplus now balance of nearly $50 billion by the end of 2021. And who's going to pay for all this? Well, you are the taxpayers, of course. Uh, if you'd like to join us, we invite you to do that. Our toll-free number is 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email us. We're at forum at kqed.org. I want to bring an Oakland resident into this, Jennifer Feinberg, who has had her benefits frozen. And Jennifer, welcome to the program. Good to have you aboard. Oh, hi. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Before you share your experience uh, with the State Employment Development Department, can you share how the pandemic has affected your employment situation? Um, yeah. Um, well, I've totally lost one of my jobs, and now I'm working part-time at my other job. And you have applied for assistance? Yes, I have. And uh, what's I applied at the, be at the beginning of the pandemic when, um, when everything shut down. And at this point, um, you're still waiting, I assume. Um, yeah, well, everything was going fine. And then on New Year's, um, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, um, I got a letter that my account was suspended due to possible fraud. Yeah, so you're one among the many uh, who is in this situation now. Um, what yeah, can you... And, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, please. Oh, yeah, um, and, and I've, um, I've been at my same location for over... 20 years I've collected unemployment like in my life before with the same address. Um, there's no evidence of fraud in my account. I've been reporting, you know, when I started working part-time, I reported everything legit legitimately. So. So it's very frustrating and, and nerve wracking. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And, and it's, it's super hard to, um, when you call EDD, it's, hard to even get on hold like i had a call multiple times before i even got on hold with them uh, we're hearing that that it's uh, in some instances it feels almost impossible just to try to get through huh? 
Yeah, um, and so I finally did get through the other day. I was on hold for about 40 minutes, and I finally got um, that they put a button on my homepage where I could verify my identity, so I submitted some documents, and now I'm still waiting to hear how, like, hear about that. But you actually got a live person on the uh, on the call? I, I did. I did eventually get a live person. <laughs> 40 minutes, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and they, they put the... the because in the letter, it said uh, on the 6th, we will give you a way to verify your identity. And, of course, the 6th came and went, and there was nothing. So then I started calling after that, and I finally got through to a live person, and he put the button on, and I submitted my documents. And now I guess I have to wait until, some, you know, it goes through. I could still certify, but it says pending. Well, I wish you good luck, and I'm sorry what you have gone through. I think it's almost indicative of what so many have gone through, and I appreciate your being with us this morning. As I said, oh, thank you. I wish thing. I hope things will change for you soon. That the check will indeed be in the mail. Let me bring <laughs> some callers on. Let me start, Victoria, with you from Oakland. Good morning. You're on the air. Morning. Um, you're right that this is indicative of lots of people's circumstances. Mine are almost exactly similar. In addition to that, my EDD Bank of America debit card was frozen, and I had two different attempts to call in to try to unfreeze that, one of which I spent two and a half hours on hold and then was disconnected. Then I tried to start all over again, and I spent an hour and a half on hold and was disconnected. And finally, on the third try at four o'clock in the morning, when I found out that the people that have the capacity to unfreeze the thing or in another time zone, I was able to get through to somebody. But I needed the money that was in that account to pay for a medical procedure that I was supposed to be having on the morning that I had the four o'clock in the morning call. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, these, these stories, of course, uh, have a great deal of emotional wallop to them, especially when you think about all the people who are really in terrible straits who have not received checks. Uh, here's John who writes, fraud is a much smaller problem than not paying deserving workers, but obviously fraud creates larger headlines and appeals to people who do not want to support others. Christina says, I filed an SDI claim for pregnancy, which took three months to receive because it uncovered a fraud issue from a previous 2018 SDI pregnancy claim. I finally received the 2020 claim funds, but there has not been a resolution on the 2018 issue. EDD is claiming I received payment in full for my 2018 claim, but I didn't receive a penny. How can I resolve this? I submitted a fraud form online, but never received a response. Can you help her here, Mary Franklin? You know, Michael, it's just so hard to tell what kind of responses people are actually going to get, if any. I wanted to go back to Jennifer's problem, well, both callers' problems actually, and tell you that according to EDD data, just in the first few weeks of December, there were almost four and a half million calls coming into the EDD call centers and less than half a million of those were answered. That's even with, you know, uh, beefing up of staffing that's been happening over the last several months. The sources that I speak to say they're redirected to different tiers of technicians, but it seems like there are even fewer people who can actually make changes to people's applications than there used to be. And let me read a comment from Rachel who writes, I want to comment on the fact that EDD has long-standing communication issues. I've had several short-term disability claims through the state that were delayed by months before COVID. COVID did not create this problem, but once again, just exposed chronic mismanagement. And back to you, Patrick McGreevy, with a question from a listener named Casey who wants to know, has anyone been charged or arrested for defrauding California? Yeah, there have been uh, several people uh, charged and arrested 
including former EDD employees who were involved uh, in some of these schemes. There have also been, um, there was a rapper who was arrested after he posted a YouTube video bragging about ripping off um, EDD. Uh, there have been arrests um, of people who've, uh, girlfriends and boyfriends of people in prison, helping people out. Um, yeah, there have been multiple arrests, but certainly not on the scale of the kind of fraud we're expecting um, is out there. Well, there's been a lot of difficulty, apparently, with the, the just separating legitimate claims from fraudulent ones. But what about the timing on all this, Patrick? I mean, it seems to uh, just a casual observer that uh, things were delayed much more than they needed to be in terms of ex investigating the frauds. Yeah, the timing is, is really rough in terms of uh, the, the EDD was under a lot of pressure because the fraud figures were coming out and they were just staggering. I mean, they're now talking more than $4 billion potentially ripped off from the agency. And um, they're, they're responding to that. And some of the legislators I've talked to said they've overreacted to that um, concern and they've gone the, too far the other way in stopping legitimate claim filers from getting their benefits. And uh, from people I've talked to who filed claims, some of these people are being held up even though they can't, they've got rent due, they've got groceries to buy for their kids. Uh, I've talked to people who are living in cars now because they've lost their apartments. Um, it's really a terrible situation. It is indeed. And uh, let me bring another caller on. Kara joins us from Sonoma. Kara, good morning. Hi, how are you? Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I was laid off at the beginning of the pandemic. I got another job um, in June. And I was laid off again when we shut down again. And I am one of many, obviously, who have um, had this suspension on my EDD account. Well, thank you for letting us know what you've been through. Uh, we're getting a lot of calls along those lines of just people who have had, uh, just aren't getting the information they need, aren't getting the money that they desperately need. Here's uh, a tweet from... A listener named Chris who says state unemployment and multiple other government systems tend to have COBOL programming as their backbone. Relying on a 60-year-old programming language definitely does not help streamline the EDD process or prevent fraud. Good point there, isn't it, Patrick McGreevy? It is. And, uh, you know, the governor appointed a strike team last year to look at this, and they found that the technology was just woefully inadequate. Uh, there were some technology projects that were underway, but they were years from getting completed. And so they're, they're doing some other things to fix it immediately, but they've said long-term EDD needs to fix its te technology. What about the governor's role in all this? As I said earlier, he's getting a lot of heat. Uh, you know, I've got a new budget coming up and so forth, but there's been criticism of his role in all this. Uh, how does that come down as you see it, Patrick? Well, it is, it's a very, uh, it's a sore spot. Uh, you know, he's facing right now a campaign uh, recall campaign. People are collecting signatures. Yeah. And if it were to qualify for the ballot, I'm sure that this EDD situation would be part of um, the campaign. Uh, he's facing, you know, pressure from mul multiple sides. He's got the COVID uh, pandemic to deal with. Um, he's got budget problems. Uh, and this EDD thing has just uh, really been a, a difficult thing for him to wrestle with because I mean, he's, he's, he's put in five new top managers at EDD, including a new director, um, Rita Sains, who he appointed uh, just last week. Uh, and he, he's really going to struggle to show to the voters that um, enough is being done because in the end, people are not getting their benefits and they're really upset. 
And the pandemic, when it started, unemployment was at the lowest point it had been since the 1980s. You have to wonder why EDD wasn't uh, more prepared for this. Uh, but let me bring another caller on here. Linda joins us next. Linda, you're on. Good morning. Hi. Yes. Hi. I'm calling uh, to ask a question about independent contractors or sole proprietors. Who My sister has a cleaning business in L.A., and she lost half of her, her clients because they were commercial businesses. And every time that I've submitted a claim for her, it says that she's made too much money because of her, relate, her remaining clients. But I can't find out what the threshold is. And how might she find that out, Mary Franklin? Mary Franklin Harvin, let me go to you. Hi, good morning. Um, I, I think that you are going to get more clarity as the Department of Labor um, continues to issue guidance. There might be a program, there's a new mixed earner income program um, that she might qualify for. But I mean, that basic information should be on the EDD website. Well, I hope she can find it. And um, I'm wondering also, before I go to another caller here, uh, and Mary Franklin Harvin again is associate producer and reporter for KQED's California Report. Uh, it, it's caused some concern, I know, with uh, a number of people that the state has borrowed so much for unemployment, billions, really, literally billions. And we've got this gig-centric economy with uh, none of the companies actually paying a part of this or kicking in, so to speak. Uh, so uh, I, mean, I know you've been pretty much covering this uh, in your work, Mary Franklin. I'd like you to comment on this, just uh, elucidate it somewhat for us, if you could. I think it's scary. You spoke earlier about a piece Dan Walters had in Cal Matters, um, you know, noting that we have potentially a $50 billion deficit in EDD that we're going to be looking at at the end of 2021. And when you think about the way that Prop 22 has cemented contract workers staying as contract workers, um, you know, we don't see on the horizons that there are going to be contributions from organizations like Uber and Lyft and even, you know, Airbnb, you know, property taxes, things like that. Um, I also wanted to add when you were talking about the heat that Governor Newsom has been facing, um, you know, we know from a letter that DA sent out um, in early December that Governor Newsom was aware of the issues at correctional facilities as early as August. We don't know to what extent. We also know that CDCR and California Department of Technology and EDD were aware of the correctional facility issues as early as September. And yet the DAs didn't get clarifying official data about the extent of the fraud until mid-November. So I think that lack of communication and transparency is something that should be a serious concern. And let me go to another caller. Rosa joins us from Roseville. Rosa, welcome. You're on the air. Hi. Yes, um, I am a single mom and I um, have been on EDD. I am an independent contractor and work in the travel industry. So you can imagine um, sort of the devastation of, of the industry. And I've, I've lost all my income since. March, and then I woke on uh, New Year's Eve to the notification that my um, EDD claim had been suspended. And like other callers have spoken to, you know, I did receive notification that I would receive further instruction on how to verify my account on the 6th, and I haven't received anything. So it's deeply frustrating. Um, and 
and I wish there were more direction. And I'm so uh, sorry you're going through this. Uh, again, you know, you. your story just highlights, uh, and thank you, Rosa, for sharing that with us, uh, just how serious this is for so many people struggling. Uh, I'm getting some questions from some of these people who are struggling, and let me go to you, Patrick McGreevy. A listener tweets, and it says, I never filed for unemployment, but someone is fraudulently using my name. I've mailed EDD and tried to call. Is there anything else I should be doing? Yeah, the EDD is saying basically to uh, notify them of the, the problem and uh, allow them to investigate it. I've heard from a lot of people. Yeah, but forgive me, Patrick, they have to get through to EDD. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a way to file um, online without talking to somebody, just basic information about fraud. Uh, but the problem is the people that are filing these claims, they, or these um, fraud complaints, say they're not getting hearing anything for months. So they have no idea what's going on. And in some of these cases, these people themselves are having their identities used to file claims that they didn't file. And in that case, they potentially could face tax implications. They could have problems if they eventually become unemployed and they want to file for benefits. So they're very concerned. And the, 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 the silence from EDD is is a big problem for a lot of these people that have reported fraud. And here's another example of silence from EDD. Brendan writes, uh, I cannot find my EDD verification number and cannot reach anyone by phone for help. Should I mail in a physical copy of my 2019 taxes to verify my income so I can get unemployment money in the future? It feels unwise to me to do that. But again, it almost sounds like he doesn't know what else to do. Yeah, there, there's a system, uh, this IDME system that Mary talked about, it's supposed to allow people to securely download documents. The problem is getting into the system, getting people to respond when uh, you're doing that. I wouldn't just send them uh, un- documents in the mail. Uh, things are really touchy right now. So I would try to go through the system, uh, the IDME system. Well, here's a listener, Ray, who says the best method for addressing issues with EDD is lean on your local representative, your state senator or state assembly person. When their offices get overwhelmed, they may make some major efforts to ameliorate the problems. And let's bring on Donovan in Nevada. Donovan, join us. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I am, uh, I've been on EDD since March. I am a Screen Actors Guild member and a touring musician, and my whole industry has been shut down. I was asked in December to send in uh, my taxes for verification. I did so and uh, received payment until 1231. Uh, yesterday, I received a notice to go in and re-verify, and I tried to. I went to the ID me situation, and it keeps telling me that I am not recognizable. Uh, I've heard you talk about suspension. They told me that my, uh, my account had been expired. And uh, so I have no uh, recourse because my industry has been totally shut down. Well, Donovan, I hear and empathize with your frustration. I wish you good luck and all those people who are in similar situations uh, of this frustration and in some cases really agony trying to get through even to EDD. Uh, we're going to unfortunately have to leave it there, but I want to thank our guests for shedding a good deal of light. Patrick McGreevy, thank you for being with us. Uh, we'll be speaking, by the way, with an EDD spokesperson next Thursday at 9 a.m. Good to have you, Patrick. Thank you for being with us. Welcome. Thanks. And thank you, Mary Franklin Harvin. Good to have you with us this morning. Appreciate your being here. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, our listeners. We are here with you Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, an hour repeated in the evening, 10 to 11. Stay tuned for a second hour of Forum with Mina Kim. You can always let us know what you think about what you hear on Forum or would like to hear by emailing us, forum at kqed.org. And Forum is produced 
by Judy Campbell, Tina Larberg, Ariana Prell, Blanca Torres, Susan Britton, and Mandy Nguyen. Our senior editor is Dan Zoll. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin, and Brendan Willard. Intern is Leslie Torres, and our executive editor is Ethan Torren-Lindsay. Chief Content Officer, Holly Kernan. For all of us at KQED Public Radio, thank you for listening, and please stay safe. I'm Michael Krasny. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snapchat Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.